Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Apollo Audio Podcast. Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast. I'm always waiting for Mark Miles to cheer. He usually goes uh, when I say that. Uh, Billy, hello. Hello, hello. Miles, hello. Hello, Martin. Uh, Billy Hills, manager extraordinaire. Said that before. Studio manager, Apollo Audio, Hartford, 18 Mimram Road, Columbia. Miles, uh, the magical musician. I'll take that. And, And me, the pro producer. I've got got to watch out for the alliteration there. Could have been been anything there. Um, So, guys, how have you been? All good. I enjoyed this week listening to these albums. No? Not really? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, From last week, I got my Spotify working again on my phone. Excellent. Ah, I know you're so worried. Yeah, Yeah, Um, we were were concerned. Yeah. Which one of these albums wasn't on? And thankfully, you saved me, Martin, because I was struggling to find it. Yeah, um, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, Non-streaming yeah. non, non albums. How does that happen? Exactly. I thought, I if thought you had everything. Yeah. If you was going to do this 20 years ago, you'd have to buy all the CDs. I know. It's been really expensive know, really podcast. Really <laughs> <laughs> but you, you claimed you were going to try and buy everything on vinyl. I know. One, I, I know. I know. I'm now I've got my new vinyl player. I, I would, and yeah. I, but, but yeah, thank, thanks to YouTube, really. But um, yeah, good week. Good week. Two new albums to me. I'd not heard either of these ones uh, before. Um, so this week we had Three Foot Ri- Three Foot Rising, <laughs> Three Foot High and Rising, Della Soul, and Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. Hurrah! Uh, One hundred and three was Della Soul and three hundred and forty-one. So we're sort of at either end of the middle of the <laughs> middle yeah. of the table, mm. um, I guess. Uh, so I, as as always, I'll ask you the question: Which one do you want to start with? Do we go chronological? Yeah, or we always do chronological, don't we? That's quite good. I mean, we don't normally go chronological. No, oh, we, no. Don't, we normally go numerical. So numerical, yeah. chronological, yes, of course. So, so we'll go to- top of the list first and, the, and bottom of the list second. So the first one then would be number 341, which is Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. Do you want some Smashing Pumpkins facts? Yes, please. We do. Uh, Siamese Dream facts, really, not Smashing Pumpkins uh, facts as much. So Siamese Dream is their only entry on the chart. It was their second album, released on the 27th of July, 1993, and to date has sold over 6 million copies worldwide. Produced by Butch Vig and Billy Corgan. Was Billy it? Corgan, of course, being the uh, singer in the band, yeah. and Butch Vig being the producer of... Nevermind. Famously. In Garbage. And I was going to say, also a member of... An artist in his own right as well, with Garbage. Is he the drummer? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question I don't know know. you always ask me the question I love love you for that (laughs) bastard the uh, peak chart position number 4 in the UK entered the chart at number 4 in the UK which surprised me that it was that high number 10 in the US obviously Wikipedia facts as you probably gather by by now where'd you get your information from Martin (laughs) off the internet Uh, when recording was completed uh, Corgan and Vig felt too emotionally exhausted to mix it Um, so Corgan suggested engineer Alan Mulder um, due to his work on Loveless by My Bloody Valentine, which I think is on the 500 list as well. Yeah. Um, Mulder booked two weeks in the studio to mix the album, but ended up taking 36 days to complete it. Yes. 36 days to mix an album. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That makes That's so much sense now month. that he'd done that. Yeah. Because the guitar sound on that is massive, isn't it? The album in came in four yeah. months and $250,000 <laughs> over budget. 
I didn't take a note of this, but I did read somewhere that the, the number of guitar layers that were on this was enormous. It was like Ridiculous. stupid numbers of Crazy. guitar layers. Yeah. So yeah, that is uh, Siamese Dream. So standard questions, guys. What did you know about um, Smashing Pumpkins, the artist and or the album before this? Fans, did you know Si? I knew did this you quite know well. Smashing Pumpkins? Did yeah. you know this? Before I go in fully, I'm surprised it's their only album on there. I thought mm. uh, Melancholy, their double album after this one would have been on there. Yeah. Uh, it's one I actually prefer, but I did know them quite well. I've been listening now. I got them into them really over lockdown. Um, this album what, and what, Melancholy. What caused that? How did you get into them over lockdown? One of my favorite bands called Low Atlantis. They're um, they're they're their favorite bands. So I thought oh, I've right. got to listen to them. Um, but when I did this is like ten years ago when I first tried listening, I was really put off by his voice. Yeah. But whenever that seems to happen, I'm always a bit intrigued. They end up being when I don't quite like it. I always go back and find it again. Like it happens yeah. with Deftones, happen with the Streets. Their vocals are a little bit off, but that that's intriguing to me. I want to get into it, and I get yeah. quite deep into it. So his voice did put off me at first, but I love the actual music behind it and that guitar sound, how big it is. And you can just well, without even his voice, you can tell he's Smashing Pumpkins. I think he uses a, the big muff pedal, just yeah. that fuzzy overdrive sound, and it's got to be how many layers do you reckon it is. I did, I did read this somewhere, but I think it was something ridiculous. Like yeah. it was—it's well into the uh, double figures. You yeah, know? It's, it's over ten. Yeah, was it more than twenty? I can't remember. Yeah. But it was a lot. Yeah, of, it's uh, great. A guitar overdose. But the yeah. dynamics really work there as well because you've got that and you've got tracks like Soma that go into it really nicely. But yeah, I did know quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, you said like, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of, oh yeah, I'm a big oh, fan. I, I know yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. We've actually got. Ask a, me uh, any Smashing Pumpkins question. Got it nailed. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a flag in room one, haven't we? Of the uh, Melancholy album. Yes. Yeah. 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 Nice. So big Miles, were you, did you know much about Smashing Pumpkins? No. <laughs> Here's a nice contrast. No, nothing really. Heard of them would be stretched if you asked me to name a couple of their songs. Never really listened to them. So no, I was going I was going in completely green. Yeah. Didn't know anything really. Um, bar the name, recognise the name. So yeah, yeah. quite interesting. Because I think every it. other artist or band we reviewed in this process, I I knew some, some, I'd say I knew the least about Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I um, didn't know this album at all. What one track that I knew, which was probably the big single, wasn't it? Today, which, yeah. I, which I recognised immediately. Yeah, Other ones, me too. Sounded familiar in the in that I recognised the Smashing Pumpkins sound, but didn't recognise the songs. I think I'm more familiar with later tracks, 1979 in particular. Mm. I think is great one song that I, I really. That's that's really I, really, I mean, I think I really like that yeah. one. I think, yeah, it's what you're saying. I, I'm pretty sure at some point or other, whether, not that I went and bought anything. I think the thing, the only thing I ever bought by Smashing Pumpkins, and this is a kind of typical crap story, isn't it? I think the only thing I've ever bought by Smashing Pumpkins was the greatest hits of Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> or whatever it's called, Rotting Apples, I think it's yeah, called, or something yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, I think I obtained somehow at some point, probably because someone was getting rid of duplicates, a copy of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. But if I'm really honest, I'm not sure I ever listened to it. Mm. Smashing Pumpkins feels to me like a band that I know, but I really don't. And when I think about the era that this came out in, it felt like a band that I should really have got into. Was it 93, wasn't it? 90, 93, yeah. yeah. But their sort of debut was sort of so 91, 92. So yeah. it's just that sort of uh, early grunge period, post-Nirvana period. Yeah. And that is the sort of thing, you know, I was heavily into that. Yeah. But I, I don't think I ever thought, yeah, I like Smashing Pumpkins. Not like were they not was, massive over had. here then? I suppose if we got to number, number four, four yeah. when, that, when that was released, I think it was mm. yeah, people were waiting for this album, yeah. and I think there are, are you know, 
a well-liked act to yeah. say six million worldwide sales. Just so that's kind of the surprise for me is that I think, God, I never got into Smashing Pumpkins. It feels like a band I should have done. So I'm like, why didn't I? Yeah. Recently, they got back together after a while. They've been split up and they've done yeah. another album. Haven't listened to it, but yeah, they've been more on my like sort of radar. He done Billy Corgan did an interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. Shout out. Um, <laughs> That's really interesting. Hey, Joe. Yeah, get us we'll, on. We'll come on, you come on. We'll do, we'll do, we'll, we'll do a, yeah. But it's really interesting about the whole, um, he just says music industry, because he, he wrote all the songs for the band. Like Smashing Pumpkins is basically like Billy Corgan. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, he was yeah. saying... Yeah, all apparently like, played all the guitar and bass on it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the politics behind it, because I think the, the bass player and the uh, drummer are like smack addicts. So yes. I can probably see why. Yeah, they have um, proper drug... He went out with... Um, proper drug issues, yeah. Who's uh, Kurt Cobain's ex-girlfriend? Courtney Love. Courtney Love, he went out of her for oh, a while. Oh, the drummer? And oh, no, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. Oh, yeah, because I read that they recorded this in Georgia, so the drummer couldn't pick up any drugs. Oh, really? Yeah. This, but this genre for me, and, and you guys probably know this genre a bit better, but when I was listening to the album, I kind of thought, wow, I can hear the bands that have been influenced by this sort of sound. Mm, yeah. Then I was like, hang on, but is this Smashing Pumpkins that have kind of come into this post-Nirvana grunge 90 one to 93 did they kind of invent this sound or was there other bands it's definitely grungy but I think they made it their own especially like the guitar work is ripped off so much nowadays that yeah. especially he's doing like optimal stuff like that perfect example is a Cherub was it Cherub Rock the opening track Cherub yeah yeah, yeah. and just how that builds he goes into that that's one of my favourite riffs of all time that. Yeah. he's a phenomenal guitarist if you watch him play live it's just effortless it's as well it's crazy but it wasn't to say about Joe Rogan podcast he because um, he wrote all the songs there's big politics about how the band they should take twenty five percent each if you want it to work. He yeah. said, no, I'm taking yeah. all the money. I write all the songs and all stuff yeah. like that, and that's why I sort of I can see where he's coming from. If you put in all the work, all the work, and he's in the yeah. studio, he's playing the guitar parts when there's another guitarist, another bass player. You're yeah. gonna want to yeah. rip the rewards from it. Well, Spandau Ballet family f- f- famously had a big fallout, and they've, they were, well, I think has, they were, yeah, they were absolutely. still in court like three or four years. Yeah, ago. What, what what were we entitled to? And they're and not the only example. You know, there's the kind of Morrissey and Marr as the credited songwriters for the Smith stuff. Yeah. Um, who's getting uh, anything from that? Yeah. Obviously, Lennon McCartney, Jagger Richards. Yeah. Uh, they're the credited songwriters. What's the splits? And then you've got the reverse of that. I think we spoke about this last week, didn't we? Although Chris Martin, I think, sort of acknowledged probably the, the lead writer yeah. to a large degree on most of Coldplay's stuff. Yeah. But I think all their songs are credited to the individuals, Yeah, I think. Yeah. And Queen... Uh, <laughs> I only know this from Bohemian Rhapsody, the mm. movie, which is possibly one of the crappiest movie I've ever seen you like it oh, it's just so stupid I quite enjoyed it it's so, it's, I mean if you just spend all, all, all disbelief because <laughs> yeah. you know, none of that that's not how it happened <laughs> it's a good story some of the acting it's, is a fantasy. horrendous uh, it's not even happened in that order anyway I think that's one of the things that they, they used to credit their um, writing individually so all the sort of early earlier songs 70s songs the 80s songs you'd kind of know it. that's a Roger Taylor song mm. that's a Brian May song that's a Freddie Mercury song yeah. and then later on kind of to keep themselves together they agreed to credit everything to Queen so that they would take you two do overall it. responsibility you two well, do that as yeah. well I think yeah but yeah you sort of feel it probably stops a lot of arguments but then potentially does kind of you could imagine it might also get to a stage where someone goes well wait a minute I'm doing everything yeah if you're not pulling why, your why weight, not getting all the money I think, yeah, or for, some if, manager comes along and goes you know that this is all you right have yeah. you thought about going solo yeah. I think if Freddie <laughs> if Freddie Mercury could play the drums and could, could, could play the bass then maybe they'd go yeah. to a similar situation I think yeah. what uh, in, in with the Smashing Pumpkins um, example, he kind of could do everything, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he was writing the songs, and so you kind yeah. of feel. And the limelight's completely on him as well. You're saying he he took all the money, 
but he was he was the only one getting interviewed as well. It's like yeah. fair enough, you're taking all money, but at least give me a little bit of the limelight as well. Let me get in it. Yeah. I want to have some of that. Yeah, yeah. bit of fame. We're called Smashing yeah. Pumpkins, yeah. not Billy Corgan yeah. and the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> On the album itself, really interesting. I was, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting how, I don't know if you guys agree, but there's like two sides to this album. It's like you've got mm. your, you know, your rock songs, yeah. big guitar solos, big guitar sounds, and you've got these lovely, like more not ballads as such, yeah. but these ones yeah. that like a bit more emotional. And Billy had pre-warned me about his voice, and so I was kind of expecting. And actually, on those ones, there was actually times where he goes into a little falsetto, and I was like. Yeah. A yeah. bit like Freddie Mercury yeah. to name him again. You're like, yeah. He's quite interesting yeah. with his voice. It does pull you more because it's not, there's no one that sounds like him and people do try and sound like him now. Yeah. Cause, but yeah, I think, what's that one? It's like, it's like the Space one minute. Boy, Luna and... Is uh, Luna like the, the two minute one, one minute one? Yes, with like the, the nice yeah. guitar, the, yeah, riff, the really nice, nice guitar, riff, but it's just loads of chorus on the yeah. guitar. On, what's your favourite tracks then? Well, I liked, I liked, if you're looking at the two halves of the album, yeah, I, I actually emotionally connected to those songs a bit yeah. more. So Luna, I put a Space Boy, which I thought he sounded like Freddie. Yeah. And obviously Disarm, which were really yeah. nice chords. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tried this morning just to yeah. even work out what the chords I could. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, really nice chords. Yeah. But um, I wasn't expecting that because the album starts slightly heavier, yeah. massive guitars, which yeah. I loved as well. Yeah. The stacking of the guitars, yeah. very analogy feel. Yeah. yeah. But then I was like, oh, I didn't expect those. Later on in the album, yeah. there's a few more of these yeah. softer, more subtle yeah. sort of yeah. ballady ones. And yeah. I was like, that's really nice. Yeah, that's why I think they do their dynamics really well. Good they, track listing. Really good track um, listing. In fact, I think one of the first reasons I, re I listed them is because I had the song called Mayonnaise. I thought that's just funny. Yeah, Mayonnaise, good name for a song. <laughs> and, uh, I just thought I'm going to listen to that song. And that's possibly my favourite one. That intro with the guitar part where it's just two guitars, one's playing the really yeah. nice chords and the solo over and, the yeah. top. Mm. Really nice. And I think, what's my Rocket. It's a great music oh, video yeah. as well. Very 90s. Rockets, I really cool. like that one. It like slows down at the yeah, end. It's really yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. But I've, couldn't you see from that rocket, that's where I started thinking of all like Blink-182, Sum-41, all yeah, these other bands. I was yeah. like, have they all got the... Are they, you know, yeah. are these guys geniuses? Like, yeah. for me, even... I know this is such a cheesy reference, and but, but I know they'd love this. But even like when we went for that really like busted... McFly era yeah. here the way it was like pop rock and yeah. Yeah. some of these songs I was like these guys invented yeah. that yeah. on a slightly mm. cooler more heavy level mm. but yeah. I'm sure they, they, they those other bands I mentioned mm. Smashing Pumpkins were all an influence definitely what about you Marty which, ones, which one did you which well, did I, you I, like? it's funny as I said this kind of why did I not get into Smashing Pumpkins at that time because it feels like at that era they're exactly the sort of band that I should have been listening to and I know I wasn't and even now listening to this, I was thinking, is it a time and a place thing? Because I was listening, you know, it's kind of sometimes you listen to an album that completely captures you and sometimes yes. maybe you're just not in the right frame of yeah. mind or something. But listening to this again this week, I was still like, I found myself drifting in and out of it a little bit. Mm. Like, oh, did I, you? I, I'll kind of, I like this and then, oh, God, I don't know if I can be bothered. And then, oh no, I like this again. Mm. And I don't know if I can be bothered. And it just feels like it never really captured my imagination and to use maybe a lazy comparison, because I'd seen the comparison with Nirvana about them being called the new Nirvana and so on. Partly, it was kind of, I couldn't really feel that I was connecting with what he was talking about. Whereas if you take Nevermind Nirvana or even mm. like the you know, Bleach in, in Utero, those albums by Nirvana, it's kind of, I know what, you, I, I know what you're trying to say to me. Mm. I know what the message is in this music. Mm. It's like straight up front, I know what you're telling me. Mm. Whereas... I don't know, Billy Corgan's writing's maybe more metaphorical, maybe it's just, you know, it's, it's not quite as direct. Mm. And is it that that didn't capture me? Because I can't say I don't like Smashing Pumpkins, and there are some tracks, like, say, if, if 1979 comes on, I'd go, tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 
listening to the album, it wasn't like thinking, oh God, I feel like I've really missed out on yeah. this. Uh, it was more a sort of uh, feeling of, oh yeah, it didn't get me at the time, it's not getting me yeah. now either. I do think they are growers. And yeah. I, also, yeah. I also think, that's a good point Martin's raised, I think for a overall context on this podcast we're doing, I think I've been sucked into this and I think maybe we all have. I think because it's made the list... I think my initial thing is right. This has to be. This, this yeah, must be good. Yeah, so yeah. if I personally maybe don't like it, I go, oh, but yeah. if enemy say it's good, yeah. and so I yeah. try and look for all the yeah. positives of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I admire your your honesty, and maybe mm. if on second listen, uh, but I just kind of assumed. It, what, what, sorry, what, what what number did it come in at? Three hundred and forty-one. So it's not high. Okay, it's not really and, I, and, I, high and I start to feel once once we get into these 340 areas and we're not far away from where Coldplay was last yeah. week for example same sort of area if there wasn't the Smashing Pumpkins album on on this list I don't think I'd be wondering why there's not a Smashing Pumpkins album I was surprised it was on there I'm yeah. glad it is I wouldn't put this one on there Yeah I so, put Melancholy I think Melancholy's got the singles and it's <clears> one of the only double albums I listen to where I think there's actually not that many films. Was, was that, that before one. Melancholy? Was that 91? No, this is this this one after. I think it's 95. Whatever. So was this their, was this their first second album? Second, I think the second, first album was Ganesh. Ganesh. Gish. 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 Their first album, so, yeah. so, I mean, sonically, I, I know what you mean because obviously I didn't know the, the, the album. I didn't know any of the songs except the one that I recognised, the big, the big, is it Rocket? Uh, no. Today. Uh, today. Uh, today. today. Yeah. Big That's um, a great riff, that. I, so so <laughs> yeah. I didn't have that feeling of nostalgia. However, I love so, that. Like, yeah. sonically... It took me back to a place in the nineties, uh, yeah. and you're right. The music video because I watched it yeah. as well. So nineties, yeah. and it's kind of weird this has come up because I was thinking this the other day. I've felt like a real, um, and I know you feel the same, Billy. I felt a real like uh, uh, I've really wanted to go back to the nineties for a lot of music, yeah. and I've been yeah. actually listening to a lot of nineties music, just craving that nostalgia. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's also why I enjoyed this. Because I feel, like I say, sonically, I could be like, oh yeah, that's quite a 90s yeah. vibe. That's quite a 90s yeah. sound. How they've, the guitar sound, for example, is quite like 90s rock. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing, it's a good point Martin raised. If if we get to the end of these these podcasts and we go, where was the, hang on a sec, yeah. where were the Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think we would have done that, would we? Yeah, I, I don't think I would have done that. But I think clearly, you know, America being a bit a little bit different, and and this being a, a very popular album and very much of I think it's very influential as well. Yeah, to other bands. And, and and that then you kind of go, oh there. well, it's kind of weird that it's not higher. Yeah, and mm. that it's not, and that's you know the only one that's on there as mm. well. That kind, I suppose, if I was wanting to give myself credit, I'd go, well, that's kind of what I'm talking <coughs> about. And my experience of it is kind of drifting in and out of it, like bits of it I really like. Did you like yeah. the production? And then bits of it, I was like, uh, just, yeah. I've, I've, I've forgotten I'm listening. Yeah. And then another track would come on and go, oh, good that's riff, good I thing th- here. I think it's, there's, a, there's like two or three six-minute tracks when I don't think there needs to be. Yeah, and agreed. then I really like the, like the ones that I appeal to me, like that minute and a half track, well, yeah, the Sweet yeah, Sweet, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. Really lovely. Want more of that? I think always leave people wanting more. You don't yeah. need to send it too much. That's what that band of Actines do. We'll never go over two yeah. minutes or yeah. whatever. And it's a good thing. I, I will, I'll pick up the production question because why not? Yeah. Um, like listening to it, it's like you said, those kind of big layered guitars and getting yeah. into the sort of rock. And I like working with indie rock bands with guitars. It's like, okay, so what can I learn from this in terms of getting a big sound? Having said that, it, it, even the start of it, I thought this is a slightly weedy. 
It comes in big, but the very start of it, it feels a bit thin. Mm. And then, and it doesn't quite, uh, again, sorry to make this sort of, I say, lazy comparison, but if you think about the first track on Nevermind uh, is... Um, Some of the Teen Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the start of that is a solo guitar mm. followed by a big gang of guitars, mm. right? And then this album starts the same way, but it sounds small in comparison. Mm. That was my sort of immediate... Com- and it mm. doesn't hit. Mm. Although a big bang of, bank of guitars mm. comes in, it didn't feel like it hit me in the mm. same way. And whether that's a mix or a mastering or a digital compression or mm. something going on, my recollection of listening to Feels Like Teen Spirit is mm. like, holy shit, that mm. just hit hard. Mm. And then listening to this didn't have the same impact. Mm. Different song, obviously, yeah. not trying to do the same yeah. thing. But I did yeah. feel that it didn't quite, even though it's got these big layered guitars, I didn't feel it was hitting as hard no. as I expected it to. Um, and I think if they saved that, didn't do that in every song, maybe even have still like the guitar, but not have that fuzz effect in every song, that would make it even more powerful if they did a little bit less. Yeah, it was almost like it, it felt too big. Like yeah. there's too, so many layers. So in you your face. Lose the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why the, there's more, the subtle ones appealed to me more because yeah. there was a. Oh, Oh, this is annoying. I can't remember exactly the one, but there's one with like a really simple guitar riff bend yeah. part, yeah. but it's got loads of chorus on the guitar yeah, yeah. and it's just like almost 80s sound. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's refreshing. Because yeah. I, I thought from what I knew on the Smash Pumps, which wasn't much, it was going to be a lot of this sort of yeah. rock star. So I liked those songs. Oh, okay. And then his voice experimented a yeah. bit more. Mm. But it comes back to the same old question, doesn't it? Which we've been harking on about from episode one on this pod, which is, you know, what are we looking for an album? Do you want more of the same of like mm. that mm. one sound you like or do you want to see some experiment throughout mm. yeah. throughout the 12, 14 whatever tracks and mm. it's yeah I mean know. there's definitely a place for me thinking you know in comparison to the greatest hits that we did with Chuck yeah. Berry which was like oh, why is this here <laughs> uh, you know, kind of, you know that, that kind of that kind of sense and Aftermath Rolling Stones which was boring yeah uh, and then uh, st- hip hop stuff that I'm like you know this isn't really a genre that I'm very familiar with mm. so I'm quite a, it's, I'm finding it hard yeah. to get in in comparison to all of that I'm like yeah this could easily have been in my co- it, it, yeah. it quite possibly would have been an album that would have been in my collection that I just wouldn't have listened to yeah. much that's probably where it would have yeah. sat like I've gone and bought that and I've played it a few times mm. but it's yeah. not one of my favourites yeah. and that's probably where, where it would sit mm. and uh, there was a thought I had about the two thoughts I had about production actually one was is it because it's overproduced because there are too many guitars and mm. then for trying to mix it it's all come just a little bit flat because there's mm. too much and it's overproduced mm. And uh, even on today, and this may be a kind of uh, comment on modern culture and production and <laughs> attention de- attention mm. um, deficit. No, mm. what am I trying to say? <laughs> to attention detail. spans. Um, in that, that even that, it's got it's got that acoustic guitar intro, mm. and I was like, yeah, cut a couple of bars out, get, 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 <laughs> yeah. to, the, get, get yeah. to the big intro yeah. faster. It's like mm. that's all right, but mm. I don't need the second time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that you know, if I was doing it now that's probably how I would approach it yeah. it's like like the start but let's get there faster yeah yeah definitely um, so there's all sorts of you know it's good to have those thoughts and have those generated it makes so much sense though that that guy from Loveless is yeah. producing that now because that album is just all guitar yeah isn't it in your face shoegazy sort of sound yeah so you can see why the guitars are very very loud but I think that is Smashing Pumpkin's strength my favourite thing about them is the guitars, not necessarily, I love that sound because it's so recognisable, but his intricate guitar parts that he does, he's such a great guitarist mm. and songwriter. And maybe that's what I'm saying. I think even, I'm sort of going to pick up on what Miles was saying mm. as well and what you're saying and what I'm saying, is it feels like <laughs> the bits that we liked most were the bits when they weren't doing that. Mm. So 
not that that's what they should have done in isolation, mm. but what stood out was the difference. Mm. Yeah. That when you kind of, if it's just these big walls of guitars, you don't hear it. But when you can hear the distinctive parts, or one, like 1979, to come back to that one again, one of the things I love about that is the way it's produced. The when the drums that, kick in, yeah, the second song, yeah, yeah, sounds that are pulled into yeah. that, the, uh, the echoes and delays that are on the yeah. vocal, it's just great kind of, yeah. oh, that was clever kind of stuff. And those bits when you get the, oh, that's a good sound, that's yeah. clever, yeah. The things that you're relating to. Those were the bits that I liked as well. Where yeah. I think some of the, like you said, longer, yeah. the yeah. guitar bits, yeah. over, overproduced, overplayed. And you say, yeah, I'm just getting yeah. a bit I think, lost. I think Melancholy should replace this one. And I think you would have preferred that. It's got more of that 1979 sort of sound. It's got more yeah. singles. Oh, I, listen, could, I can definitely that, yeah. see... Might go back. Yeah. I think that would have made more sense. But I really enjoyed yeah. the Lunar... Space Boy and Disarm. Yeah. I was like, this is it's really musical. It yeah. was, it was, yeah. um, you know, from a rock band. Mm. You, you know, I mean, the best at it were Queen, where they could literally write, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, and then could write. Well, actually, <laughs> just in one song, of Bohemian <laughs> yeah. Rhapsody, they go through all these different yeah. sounds and genres. But I, that, I wasn't expecting that, and that was that was a that mm. I was pleasantly surprised mm. yeah. that they there was a bit of, there was movement on the album. Yeah, no, I agree. I said there was bits on this I, I really liked. Yeah, over overall impressions then. We give it a number. A number, yeah. yeah well, you can give it, yeah, give it a number, what's or, the, just, or just the, a general impression. What's the one, two, three, four, so, five? So, uh, one star, don't bother. Two, okay, if you like this sort of thing. Three, definitely worth a listen. Four, really great, but you know, if you never listen to it, you're not, you're just not you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not listening out. But yeah. five, I would definitely tell people that you should have a listen to this. I think I'm edging towards a four, or a three point nine. <laughs> For a personal thing, I'm going to go with a solid three. Solid three. Yeah, I think I'm probably a solid three. I still feel like I would say I'm a fan of the songs, not of the band. It's probably where I'd position myself as Smashing Pumpkins. I, I remain there in that. There are, re there are things I really like, but I wouldn't necessarily... Uh, I'd probably as simple as saying, would you go and see them live? No. Because I don't think I'd get enough of the stuff that I like. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be bored for the majority of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, 20 minutes, fucking awesome. Mm, yeah. The other, the other hour and a half. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Probably just come for the encore, yeah. but they do this. <laughs> <laughs> so three, three, four—is that what we're saying there, guys? Ten out of fifteen. 10 out of 15. Still not bad. Is not it? bad. You want to be hitting double figures, I think. Yeah. yeah. You want to be hitting double figures. I think overall we liked it. Yeah. We did. But yeah, that's probably fair to say. Okay, second album on our discussion list this week from the Rolling Stone 500 is Three Foot High and Rising by Della Soul, which is number 103 on the list. Uh, there were two entries for Della Soul on the list of which this was the highest one. So we have one not as good Della Soul album to look forward to <laughs> in the future, at least according to um, Rolling Stone anyway. Three Foot High and Rising Facts, released on the 3rd of March 1989. This was the debut album from Della Soul, produced by Prince Paul, uh, who, according to Wikipedia, works in the genre of progressive hip-hop. Is he royalty? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've heard of Prince Paul, yeah. Uh, pioneer in mixing and sampling, but also adding comedy sketches. Uh-huh. Uh, the peak chart position for this album was number 13 in the UK, number 24 in the US. It's sold over a million copies worldwide, described as the first psychedelic hip-hop record. I don't know how many more there have been. <laughs> this is the first one. Um, also has been referred to as the Sergeant Pepper of hip-hop. Wow. Which I quite like. Um, and here's a here's a, just a little coincidental fact. 
<laughs> or two, well, two coincidental facts. Uh, the track I Know uh, includes a sample from Peg, which is a track from Aya by Steely Dan, ah. which is an album that's also on the top 500 list. Ah, well, I'm sure there are other fact. albums that use samples, but I yeah. thought it was quite good. And Aya by Steely Dan is at number 63, which is just one position higher than Stankonia that we reviewed last <laughs> week. <laughs> so I thought, oh, there you go. I think we're going to talk a lot about samples of these guys because they've only just, I think it was this year or not, or it must have been last year, they were allowed to get on Spotify because they're... Um, all their samples. All their sampling, they just used it so they, much. They apparently have uh, done a deal, but it was all supposed to appear and hasn't yet appeared, so I don't know whether yeah. the deal has been done yet. Because there's a few tracks, there's a few albums, but they seem to be more recent, like none of their old stuff's on Spotify. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't think anything yeah. of theirs much is on Spotify no. apart from little compilations yeah. and individual tracks. Yeah. But certainly their albums. Oh, so that was not why. not on streaming platforms. Yeah. yeah, we we found that because someone had loaded the album onto YouTube. Yeah, and has as yet not had a takedown request yeah. <laughs> by anyone. Probably because no one knows who to take it down. Because yeah. uh, I think it was to do with uh, they said that obviously. I mean, they, these are pioneering days, right? Nineteen eighty nine. No one's using samples to the extent that they're using them. And I think they said at the time it was like, yeah, we've used a sample. Great, fantastic. Mm. And at the time, maybe get clearance for yeah, you can use those. It's going on an album. Yeah, that's right. And then you get into now and so, so it's going on streaming. Well, mm. we want to re- renegotiate that deal. We didn't mm. know it was going to do that. Mm. So all these samples need to get re cleared. For use, and then you've got a label that either doesn't exist or isn't in contract with the artist. Who's doing the deals? What deals are they doing? And I think it's all got mixed up in that whole sort of legal malaise of mm. how the hell do we actually make sure that everyone's happy that this is going going out? It's peaking now. The sample game, like obviously, we use samples in a lot of our writing, but but but. Um is that? Do you mean? Do you say that? You, do you mean a different kind of sample? You mean a sample of a kick or a snare? Yes. Yeah, or do you mean a sample? Because what they're doing here is using a sample of yeah. a previously commercially released track. No, sorry, that's what I mean. The latter, yeah. yeah. Obviously, okay. we do yeah, the yeah. samples of, of, of both, but. Mm. A bit of musical knowledge, you've actually got to be careful with with, with things like Splice. Um, I did a commercial and I used something from Splice on it, mm. and I had to double check the source from Splice to check that uh-huh. it wasn't, because a lot of people are creating collections on Splice. I mean, there's a vetting process to get on, yeah. but then, um, you know, they're not, it's not actually their music. So you've yeah. got to be careful with that little point for anyone mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. But also, which is quite interesting, the format of how Splice works and this whole sort of subscription thing, where you can download as many as you want in a month, there's now a sample version so it's got all tracks that have been cleared and samples yeah. you can use you can pay like 5.99 a month yeah and you can use and then you can speed them up or do it cut them up do whatever you want yeah mm. um so it's it's definitely it's becoming um i think in current music being used more in fact quite annoyingly because i've got quite a good song that i'm looking forward to one day releasing and i was watching the tv ad the other day and it was like a hotel commercial. I was like, I really recognise yeah. the strings in that. I was like, oh, they've got it from... They've got... They've got <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, but these guys must have been... I'd be interested to look into it more. Or these guys must have been one of the first... 89 must have been one of the... the very early days of you to, using to, to that extent. Like, say, that, that line from uh, I Know. I know I love you better. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a lift yeah. from the original yeah. track by Steely Dan. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, we've just cut that up and put it yeah. in our track. And then the very early days of that is that that's fun, isn't it? Yeah. And, then, you know, and then record label come along and say, "Well, you, that's yeah. our music. That's not yeah. your music." Yeah. But we've yeah. made a new thing out of it, yeah. Yeah, but it's still ours. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know, it's 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 not right at the start, but as I, I would imagine as a big commercial start, release album, me, it's, it's yeah. like, oh, that's recognisable. Yeah. I know what it is. No, that's not been done before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, you know, 
There's a, well, different process, I suppose, but things like a chic, for example, you know, good times, uh, bass line from yeah. that, the guitar line from that, being used multiple times in the early 80s in yeah. um, hip-hop tracks and stuff like that. But I think they were taking the line and replaying it. So they were going like, we like that bass line, let's use that bass line. Yeah. But the bass guy would play the bass line. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a lift from the, yeah, 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 the yeah. record. And that, that's, that, even then, it's that sort of grey area of... Well, yeah, but I've, I, is it, you wrote it, so yeah. I need to pay you for the writing. Yeah. But I don't need to pay you for the Most mechanical writing. Yeah, 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 Whereas yeah. you're doing this on the on these samples where you just that's a straight yeah. lift off my track, mate. Oh, it it sounds like Taylor Swift yeah. re-album again, aren't yeah, we? Where yeah. if, you, if you replay it and re-sing mm. it, yeah, you then own yeah, the mechanicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah when, it's a different thing. We're yeah. not the publisher. It's not actually that record. But it's yeah. a clever that thing, recording. It's yeah. a clever thing to do if you want to write. You're writing a new song. You know, and you're still, you're not stealing because they're giving credited for it. You're using it as a sample, a well-known hook that's gone, you know, that's familiar to a lot of mm. people. It's quite a good way to grab an audience's attention mm. and be like, oh, I know that. And then I know the, you know, uh, Bittersweet Symphony, uh, yeah. the Verve, you know the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brown the sugar, story of that one. The Brown Sugar? Uh, no, it's um, you can't always get what you want, but, yeah. it's, but it's even com- more complicated than that. It's actually an orchestral reworking of you can't always yeah. get what you yeah. want. yeah. Um, and they used the string sec- section at the beginning of that dun, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 that start yeah. of uh, Bittersweet Symphony yeah. is a sample from that track, yeah. which they cleared, but didn't. They, they thought they'd cleared the sample, but what they cleared was a short excerpt, and when it actually went on the track, it was obviously used throughout the track mm. and was long, and therefore it went into litigation, mm. and basically they had to give up all the royalties for that. They've finally um, got them back, though, haven't they? They got an agreement to actually... They can earn royalties on it now. Yeah. From now. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, that song's been out for 30 years yeah. now, right? So, mm. um, uh, or 25 years. Yeah. What's your whole opinion on, like... I think sampling's great, but does it get to a point where you just, you're just nicking people's ideas all the time? Should you be doing something creative and new? There's an argument for that. Yeah. There's an argument If you, if you are that. doing something creative and you were sampling, yeah. uh, that, that would be my argument, yeah. is you can use sampling to do something creative. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I was going to say as well, yeah. Uh, and if you're not doing that, then maybe not. But yeah. Yeah. And, and wait, well, let's bring it back to the album, shall we? I think that's the argument, isn't it? What they were doing here is something creative and new. Yeah, yeah. massively. Uh, it may be very familiar to us now, but at the time, March 1989, when this comes out, that's not yeah. um, common occurrence. No, it sounds like it's exactly from 1989 as well. It does. As soon as I put it on, I was like, this is... Like 80s, 100%. Same, before you yeah. got in this morning, Martin, I was like, I got it completely wrong. I, say, I said, oh, Bill, you must, you must have absolutely loved the De La Soul album because I thought yeah, he would, yeah, yeah. you know, big fan of rap. And, yeah. well, you, Billy, it you, was, t- you, you say what you think. Uh, first, like, four or five tracks, basically before I got to, what's it called? I I Know. I Know Where yeah. You That's when I started to realise, oh, this is... This is a good album. I, like for the first tracks, I thought it was a bit too jokey, but I realised this is just a feel-good, upbeat album. And yeah. rap so much nowadays, what I'm used to is so it's quite aggressive, especially Political. like drill and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't get much like happy rap anymore, and it's actually quite. It took me a while to get my head around that. It's quite refreshing to hear that. I, and, I forgot to ask. What, what was your knowledge of De La Soul and this album? I was supposed to see them last year at Stanley but I got rained off that's right, um, yeah. so that's when I first started hearing it my mate is a big fan of them and he told me about the whole sampling thing um, but I thought I knew nothing but then I knew a fair few tracks off of that yeah. like Three's the Magic Number and all stuff like that I didn't realise how much I actually knew that was them yeah. I heard about them being like big pioneers and that but yeah it was a grower for me and I liked it on the second and third listen um, weren't too keen on the skits whole thing again and maybe a little bit too long but uh 
yeah, it's just a, a feel-good album. It's like Toots and the... What yeah. they called again? Maytals, yeah. Toots and the Maytals, yeah. I wasn't... I thought, oh, first I listened to an hour of um, ska, reggae sort of stuff. But then it's just another feel-good... Makes you feel good listening to it, doesn't it? It's quite yeah. nice. So I did... In the end, I appreciated it. Oh, yeah, and to yeah, use yeah. that word again, for me, it was just... It was just nostalgia in yeah. absolute bucketfuls. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I was very young at the time, but it's just got that feeling of 90s rap. Yeah, yeah. 90s mm. hip-hop. Yeah. And... Uh, I looked into it a bit further because my first initial thing, and maybe this was a, is, a bit, is a bit clumsy journalism, but I was like, oh, this, is sounds like journalist, in, no. this, <laughs> this sounds a bit like um, similar vibes to NWA. Yeah, it does, yeah. But then you look into it and, it, and uh, I think Pitchfork wrote an, a, a thing and they said, oh, the um, almost getting tiresome comparisons. Yeah. Because NWA, it was about, you know, it was, it was quite a political yeah. movement, uh, album, and uh, not movement, a political album, and it was um, you know about social injustices yeah. and policing and things. And on the flip side, like you say, this is almost like in parts like jovial, like yeah. the, the ly- lyrically, it's fun and it's yeah. funny. It's it's almost a bit silly in parts. Yeah. And I'm with you. I I, I really like NWA stuff yeah. as well, yeah. of things that you know of injustices going on yeah. in America at the time. It's also nice to hear the sort of just yeah. like making music for 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 music's sake and fun. Yeah. And also my girlfriend's brother who's slightly older than me he was DJ at the time and he loves their Yeah, loves 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 them and yeah I just think it, it depicts that part of time I don't know what yeah. you think Martin but it takes you like just the tone of the rap the flow of the rap that's just, the flow it's, it takes you to the 90s the flow it's is so like, like from that period if you compare it to now you can definitely tell I, want, I don't want to say it's basic but it's not as nowadays because it, that is the very early period it's like rock with Chuck Berry I yeah. think that this is the early days of yeah. like hip hop and yeah. that sort of sound Yeah. so maybe the flow's a little bit more basic I still like it but um, it's not what I'm used to but that's yeah. not a bad thing yeah I just, the phrase that just came to me is it's almost sort of nursery rhyme-ish yeah. in it's kind of delivery yeah um, and it's a little, maybe a little bit the same you've heard it before it's not as maybe experimental as it is now with like different rhythms and flows yeah. but it's definitely of that time I think I, I, sorry lastly because we'll get Martin's thoughts but what I also also love because I'm sure you would have picked up on this I prefer the instrumental vibe of this to maybe like later rap that comes down mm-hmm. the line I feel that this almost had like funk elements to it yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of tunes I was like you know there's like sax and guitar like, yeah. like riffs and I was I like rap over that sort yeah. of music mm-hmm. and like we said last week where you know, back in the day, it was like garage music yeah. was was rapping, and then you'd have these yeah. big vocal hooks yeah. of the chorus. These guys use mostly samples, yeah. and I like that contrast personally. Yeah. Um, I think it's like the hooks, like I said that, that we talked last week about yeah. the vocal melodic hooks, and I hadn't necessarily thought about the reason why. Because uh, oh god, another hip hop album was partly what I was thinking. <laughs> Here we go again, and then put this one on, and I guess overall my experience was much the same as both of you have said. I was like. Ah, oh, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like this. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm. And not that I've got anything against like you know culturally why why it's, it's types of hip hop and rap and stuff have got a let's say a slightly more aggressive lyrical stance or um, uh, the way that they're delivered. But this felt much more inviting and just much more fun musically. I, I mean, again, there's like well, here we go with these bits in between the songs. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We've really? had so many albums like that, haven't we now? Is that a thing? Is that yeah. what makes a hip-hop album yeah. a hip-hop album? Is it's got to have that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it felt very familiar. Not that I'd, I've never owned a De La Soul album. I don't think that I've uh, listened to this uh, album in full or know much about De La Soul, but it sounded really familiar, which makes me feel that it must have been getting played a lot around me. Yeah. 
And maybe that it's been, I think it's like, synced a lot, maybe. Definitely. Lot I, I, that's that why I think I must have heard it from adverts, adverts stuff like that. Kind of stuff. Massively. Yeah. They're, they're quite like in, like, you know, they're, they're very well respected within the industry. Yeah. The gorillas. I uh, thought, is, is it on um, they've, they team Clint up with Eastwood? The gorillas. In yeah. fact, yeah. recently they've just, I think I'm right in saying that, the, yeah, they've just been, they're, they're doing a new album, they've just released a new album or something. They, they, and people like Snoop Dogg and like Damon Albarn from mm. the gorillas, they're like, pioneer them as heroes in fact the Beastie Boys apparently went to hear this album in LA yeah and literally wanted to change their whole career after hearing this they really? were like this is this is unbelievable yeah. yeah and then you could like we've said about um, Smashing Pumpkins you could potentially argue you know along with obviously massive groups like NWA they uh, laid the foundations for rap to explode in the 90s yeah. Yeah. with the Snoop Dogg Eras, Dr. Dre, Tupac, uh, Biggie. Tupac, Biggie. Exactly. You could. I, I'm sure. Yeah. If you ask them, big influences, they would. Um, they would credit De La Soul yeah. a lot of the times. Um, and it, yeah, like you say, it, it sums it up perfectly. It's just. It's, it's fun. Stick yeah. it on in the background. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. It's a good, I thought it was yeah, great. It, it really. It really did lift my mood. Yeah. Because it was yeah. like oh, I don't Massively. know what I'm going to get with this. And like I said, did you like it straight away though? Hesitation. Or did it like? Because I was well, hesitant at first on the first. Few. I don't know. Like, would I say like it straight away? My hesitation was, here we go, another hip hop album. Mm. What am I going to think? Mm. And put it on, and it's got that sort of intro thing uh, with the game show stuff yeah. at the start of it. It's like, all right, whatever. But then, like, track kicks in, music kicks in, and almost instantly, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I feel feel better. Happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is quite. I'm just yeah. Very my major. It's very major. Yeah, yeah. That's what, like, Do you know like, that um, yeah. track with the uh, the guy from Tropical Quest? Yeah, it starts with just like two chords. I thought, oh, this is a bit samey, but then it builds and builds. More layers yeah. are added, and it just works. Yeah, and it, his flow, I appreciate his flow a little bit more. And that's I think that, and I know were the two standout tracks for me. And uh, yeah, any favourites from you guys? I like to say no go, and uh, me myself and I, which was yeah. which was uh, mm. the instrumental one. In mm. fact, I was there was a bit of a and I was like. Yeah, oh my yeah. god, Bruno Mars is taking that. And then I realised, or is that just a famous sample Della Soul has taken? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get to the bottom of it, but um, yeah. it's going to be one of those albums. If you listen to it, you'd be like, I really so, recognise that, that, that synth line or that vocal. Tracks that, yeah. I, mean, I wonder whether this is the first time these tracks were sampled, but that's that Hollow Notes uh, sample on Say No Go. Yes. Uh, and there's the, let's say, Steely Dan sam sample on I Know. Yeah. And I'm sure the other samples that I can't think of. But then you think, like, gosh, those are tracks that have been sampled a lot yeah. since as well. You know, those are very. Someone's common. at the top of the chain people making like a lot the of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People like the XX and Steely Dan yeah. seem to be sampled a lot. In fact, um, this, is a good, this is a good story on samples. Mm -hmm. My, uh, I won't know any names in case they're listening, mm -hmm. but my dad's, my dad knew somebody whose husband wrote the most famous seven notes in musical history. Oh. And he's, and he, he unfortunately passed away, but he's, he's still making very much money from them. Shall I sing them to you? The, mm. most, uh, the most famous seven yeah. notes in musical history. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> That's five uh, <laughs> um, That's good I just job. had it. I That's forgot just, it. Just in Timberlake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I had a single with that, yeah. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's too many. That's uh, it. What? Seven Nation Army? No, not Seven Nation Army. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, sorry, got it. Ready? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on. Don't keep us in suspense. The, um, the, 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 is it like a is like a football sort of chant sort of thing? Leave it with me for a second. I'll come back. I'll um, <laughs> come back to you. Yeah, stop thinking about it. It'll come back to you. 
You ready? Yeah. Yep. The most seven most sampled notes in history. Okay. He wrote that for the yeah. shadows. Yeah. And as you know now, it's become the most most heavily used sample. Yeah. And that is uh it was you know, was yeah. jump on it, yeah, jump yeah. on it, but all different adverts. Dum, 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 yeah. Dum. So yeah, so that's how yeah. a sample <laughs> must have had it because because Hank Marvin used a delay, didn't he? That's why. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's too many notes. There. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Apache, right from uh, Apache. Shadows. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Jerry that Lorden, who wrote that, and then um, I think that song did very well, obviously. But then yeah. where it's gone from there, it, it, well, yeah. it's still snowballing yeah. Yeah, in yeah. terms of sampled everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, most people things that have been sampled uh, and, and never been paid for. What's the, uh, the the famous drum beat, the James Brown drum beat that's been sampled? Oh, the break. Everywhere. The Amen break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The prayer. That's, been, <laughs> that's, that, that's just like everywhere and, uh, and you know, guys that played on that never getting paid for it. Really? Uh, yeah. No. No. And just like everywhere. Uh, so yeah, sampling has just become such a, a, a such a huge thing, and a bit of a minefield. If you get you know, if you do use a sample and you don't clear it, you lose all your money, or you get the uh, get the track uh, taken down or whatever. It's um, yeah, it's be a, careful if you're using if you're using a sample, yeah. you might never see uh, any money for it. Yeah, like I say, the uh, definitely worth having a look at this new thing, which you can it, it, it covers all the clearances for you yeah. because I think it's just going to keep snowballing when people use samples, which slightly depressing in the current bring it to a current form that yeah you sometimes think well, can we really not write anything original yeah. anymore yeah, yeah. I mean you know the, I think it was number one this David Guetta Whitney oh, Houston awful, song and, and you yeah. think yeah. same with like films is that, as well. you keep that qualifies a sample no not a sample that's supposed to cover yeah, remix but, cover but, but, yeah. yeah but um, let's keep remaking stuff and this like, like film music everything yeah, yeah I mean the, and I always say and this and in arguments but, but then always it, the comeback is they have always done that I mean famously some massive ones from back in the day because um, it was on the radio the other day Prince's version well, not his version he wrote it of nothing compares to you yeah which was uh, he wrote that sh- he wrote yeah, that's it a Prince no, track, and, he, yeah. and then he released it after Sinead um, O'Connor O'Connor um, so it was always happening so that must, that, was that 80s or 90s uh, I think that was 1990, I think, right. in fact. So well, there have always been covers, and I think he had this song. Oh, another one, the Michael Bolton. How am I supposed to... Oh, not that tune, but... Oh, no, there was that tune. <laughs> was that tune. But it's always happened, mm. but now it seems more than ever. People are like, right, let's do a song. I can't think of anything original today. Let's shall just... We, shall we just do one that somebody already knows? Yeah. I mean, slightly different. I think that Prince track, I mean, he was always giving songs away. Yeah, so that was a you know, and Manic Monday he wrote that as well. The Bangles' um, big hit. That's a Did Prince, he? that's a Prince track as well. Uh, I feel for you by Chaka Khan. That's a Prince track. Uh, but yeah. these are songs that you know he wasn't really releasing those version. as big hits. He was sort of saying to other people, "Well, you can have that one." And that does go back to yeah. the the Beatles and yeah, uh, you know, they, they, I think early Stones hits even were covers of songs written by Lennon McCartney. Yeah, um, right before they started writing themselves. And then you've got the whole Motown thing where you know, multiple artists on the Motown label would release versions of the same song and they'd just see which one became a hit. Yeah, like, really? you know, Mar- Marvin Gaye's big version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine, not the only version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine that was released even that year. Yeah. And I can remember like growing up in the 70s as well, things, I think, let's say, Isn't She Lovely is one that I think maybe springs to mind. I know you're a big Stevie Wonder fan. That's my favourite Stevie song. Uh, isn't She Lovely. I'm pretty sure that at the time that came out, there was another version of that song by someone else that was a hit at the same time so who who wrote it 
No, Stevie Wonder. Oh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he had the single out, but someone else was also had a cover of that song. Oh. Out, and both so both versions were successful at the same time. You've got that in history as well. That's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's not just that sort of I'm covering an old track. There was more of a history yeah. in the past of people saying I'm a singer. I don't write. I'm going to sing that yeah, song, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll have a and I'll have and a I've hit got an interesting it. tone or voice, and it, and yeah. it would happen yeah, yeah, yeah. around the same time. You know, all yeah. sorts of different versions of the same songs. Um, did we, did we chat about that Wonderwall track where people thought Noel Gallagher ripped off the? Uh, there's like a swing version of it, isn't there? Oh, Mike Flowers pops. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, that was fun. That was I think that was down to uh, was it Chris Evans? I think yeah. at the time on the radio that he was saying, "Oh yeah, we've discovered the the song that Noel Gallagher yeah. ripped off for Wonderwall." <laughs> and he did have people believe in it. It was like, oh my god, it's not an original. It's a, co- it's a cover. It's not a cover. It's not. No, the the, uh, the 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 sort of um, lounge, soft lounge sixties version was a uh, this Mike Flowers po- sort of spoof artist who created this version of it that sounded like it had been yeah. recorded oh, in the sixties. Okay. That's probably my um, least that was favorite genre of music. So why, why don't we soft why don't we set ourselves swing. why don't we, why don't we <laughs> set ourselves a bit of homework slash? Well, I know we've got homework with two new albums, but yeah. a little challenge for next week. Oh god! So we have to. Tell each other next week one song that the other two don't probably, hopefully, don't know that it's actually a cover. Cover. Okay. Uh, I've just listed all of mine already. I'll yeah. Three times already. I've actually got really. Like, and now I've got to think of a fourth yeah. one. We were like, "What? That's a cover?" Yeah. Come on. So going to the de- yeah, I'm sure we can find some good ones um, and surprise each other with the inevitable. Really? That's a cover. <laughs> Should we rate it then? Sorry, back to De La Soul. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, with De La Soul. I think, we, I think we, we haven't talked in much depth about De La Soul except to say that we really liked it. Yeah. I, I, I just found it a lot of fun. I said without yeah. it really kind of being specific to any. Uh, there was, you know, Three's the Magic Number. Like I said, how many times have you heard that yeah. on, a, on an advert or something like that? It's sort of become ubiquitous. Yeah, as a sort of just a representation of a time and a place and a sound. And I mean, what more could you ask for a, right. for an album and a band? To go, yeah, you did you did the job there one mm. on, on that one, guys. You know, you kind of isolated that sound and said that's us mm. and it's the De La Soul sound right yep I quite, I quite like that sentence to the vote <laughs> I felt intelligent then yeah when you I said did that. Yeah. go on what are you going to give it you go first you always go oh shall I go first you go then uh, yeah, we're <laughs> influence each other um, I'm going to go for and there's a little backup to this point I'm going to go for a real solid four yeah. so much so with my as I've mentioned five times my brand spanking new vinyl player I'm going to look on eBay Ooh. for the vinyl nice. wow uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a four as well because I think I, I... I'm almost going to the five to sort of say if you hadn't heard this before, you should check it out. Yeah, so I'm nice. almost hitting five, but I'm going to go for four. Again, I want to give it like a late three. I don't think I enjoyed <laughs> it as much as you guys. A late. Three. 11 out of 15 is not a bad score. In yeah. fact, I'll probably be topping yeah. near the top of our, our charts. Yeah. 11 three is still a good score though. You still like definitely listen to it. Yeah. But no, I think I enjoyed it. Good. Well done. Well done, Delaso. <laughs> yeah. You have the more, you have the Apollo podcast seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> now put your album on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people can't hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a great album. We're gonna hear it. You can't. Oh. Yeah. Okay, it's time to uh, decide on our um Are you ready? Albums for next <laughs> time. Yeah. Two from the randomizer. What do you reckon, Mars? Uh, you got good. Yeah, he's, he's always made good guesses. Always made I good guesses. I think we're just going to get one of them's going to be a top 100. Okay, let's go. Ooh, he's, he's, he's 
You ready? Yeah. <laughs> 380. Oh! <laughs> well, you only said one of them. Only one of them. So, another... Oh, I think well. I, I think okay. I like the ones in the late oh, 300s. Martin likes it. Martin likes it. Well, because again, it's like, okay, artist I've heard of, sub- I would never have listened to, Charles Mingus. Never heard of him. And Mingus Aum. Uh, we've got it's blank faces yeah. around, which is quite cool. Charlie Mingus... Famous jazz musician. Oh, oh nice. Okay. I like, nice okay. to mix it up. Okay. Um, nice to mix it up. Uh, Mingus Aum is a studio album by American jazz musician Charles Mingus, uh, released October 1959. <sighs> nice, we've got double back. Are you into jazz? Oh, oh. Another hard listen. <laughs> Are you into jazz? Well, you say that. I don't know. I think I'd love to go see it live. Like when they're, what's that famous place in? Is Ronnie it Scott? Yeah, I'd love to go see that sort of thing. I, I love like jazz hip hop sort of stuff. Not this, fan, this, like, is, this, jazz. this is the beauty. I said this, Martin. This is the beauty of this exercise, this podcast. Yeah. We are going to be the, the people that want to. Yeah. We're the people at parties. People are going to want to chat to yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. We know. Yeah, yeah. You, what music do you like? Yeah, a bit of everything. No, no. Oh, we actually yeah, know yeah, really, everything. Yeah. yeah. You heard of <laughs> Charles Mingus? Oh, I have. But, but I think yeah. there, was, there was becoming a bit of a theme. We had a lot. We've had a lot of hip hop albums. Yeah. We've had a lot of kind of soft rock pop yeah, album yeah. I think it's nice to throw no, in a no, jazz definitely. album that's, like you said Miles that's part of the fun right yeah. so, so we're going to have a top 100 now Miles as well yeah 100% 286 oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay we're sort of mid, mid, mid well almost, almost exactly halfway aren't we with 286 well could we be more different uh, I mean I, I, I think I know what reaction we're going to get from this one I think this compared to the last one this will be one you go, of course. Yeah. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication. Oh, hey. what an album. What an album. <laughs> Should be in the top 20. <laughs> you don't even need to listen to it. Yeah, 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 no, no, off by heart. I'll sing you it all now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the seventh studio album by uh, Chili Peppers, released on June the 8th, 1999. Probably their biggest album. Maybe their biggest album. Surely mm. it'll be know. higher. Anyway. I thought it'd be higher. Yeah, surprisingly uh, low, perhaps, but there you go. That's, uh, that's where it is. Okay, so good fun. Charlie Mingus and Red Hot Chili Peppers for next week. Tune so, in. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about that. Thank you, boys. Thank you for joining Thank you, Martin. me. Uh, Cheers, Martin. Look forward to being here again next week. Any last requests? I mean, uh, last words? Don't forget your homework. Yeah. Cover songs that uh, <laughs> the other two aren't going to know. Okay. And you get a... Uh, biscuit outside if you want <laughs> and if you're listening to this and want to join in the fun have a listen to the albums and uh, drop us a line and tell us what you think see you next time bye, bye. you sure you forgive me it's there's our opportunity to talk about you whilst you're not here <laughs>